<laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. What a beautiful book. I mean, I mean, first of all, these are the these are the type of stories and pages that you you reach out and you touch, and then you read the article again, or you read the paragraph, and you reach out and you touch it. There's so much emotion inside every page inside this book. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear that. I worry sometimes because it's so packed with beautiful pictures that people just think it's a picture book. But really, the pictures are the accessory to the stories. Well, you're so right about that because, I mean, those paragraphs serve as a... It was so important for me to go over there and, and to look at it, to read it, to experience it, and then I, that, that which is what drew me back to the pictures because it was like, oh, my God. Man, if I could have just been a fly on the wall. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I hope that people sort of, when you read the copy with the pictures, I'm hoping to teach people how to actually look at the pictures and get so much more from them than just sort of glance over them and say that's pretty or that's not pretty. Because so many of the pictures are steeped in layers of narrative. And if you know how to look at them, they become so much more interesting. It's more than just a history book. To me, it, it it's, it's like a... a I don't know how to explain it. it. It's a global experience, what you've created here. Thank you. I'm very flattered. Thank you, Arrow. And it starts off with the foreword from Kate Blanchett. Oh, my God. What a blessing. I mean, this, this is a moment in history as well. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it couldn't be more perfect, could it? And she was so, so generous at sharing deeply personal insights into her experience with the Oscars, starting from when she was a child walking to the corner shop and dressing up, pretending she was walking down the red carpet. I was so <laughs> grateful when I received that forward. And to have um, Mr. Giorgio Armani also provide an open yeah. letter about his experiences with the Oscars and be so honest and candid. I mean, I still have to pinch myself. Oh, my God. I mean, sophisticated simplicity. I, I love exactly what he wrote because, I mean, right off the bat, uh, Giorgio, he, he sets up the tone of, of what he looks for and what he tries to design. And then and then you go think in your mind, OK, every time I hear somebody say that they're wearing Giorgio Armani, OK, this is what I have to think about from this day forward. So, the, I mean, this book is even educational because it's it's training our eyes to look beyond what we think is Hollywood. Um, absolutely. In fact, initially I was writing a book about um, the communication values of clothing and what what we say inten intentionally or not subliminally by what we wear. So how people read us and what's said before we open our mouths. And it became quite dense and I thought, okay, well, how can I make this more accessible to people? Because the whole point is to show people that this is a thing and help them understand it and also maybe have a bit more considered dressing in themselves. And I thought it's entertainment is the opposite of academia and what's the pinnacle of entertainment? It's the Oscars. So once I started to really break it down, it kind of wrote itself, and I was along for the ride. You bring up a very interesting point about the way that people will even dress themselves, because you're so right about that. You know, being a DJ at proms or doing weddings and things, I, I, I will see designs on, on the Oscars that I will, that will then see at these, these events with people. You're so right. It does inspire us to want to dress up and go play adult somewhere. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think that there's so much more to address than meets the eye. And there's so much more to the red carpet, especially at the Oscars, than you think. And people think it's a superficial thing. But over the years, you'll see through the book that it really has influenced the way people 
not only dress but also think and it's influenced social issues so i think it's a really good platform it's 90 plus years in this and what what i found in, inspiring is that you go back 90 years radio was just getting started and the oscars were on the radio they weren't instantly on television no and in fact in the first oscars no one even knew what they were going to um janet gaynor who won best actress turned up in something that was slightly more dressy than what she'd worn all day at work so <laughs> but it didn't take them long to catch on and yes they only really the the audience only really had the radio um to to tell them what was going on but you know in 53 television was looking for content and and the academy was looking for more exposure so it was a a marriage made in entertainment heaven I've often wondered if we could time travel, if we took a book like this and we took it back to, you know, to the 1920s and we just kind of just dropped it off, how it would change everything. Oh, geez. That's a really good thing to think about. I don't know. Would it, though? It would probably just be considered a work of fiction because could they really anticipate (laughs) how things would evolve? So true. Or even even the presence of Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, my God. They, I mean, this was somebody who, who could touch anything and everything turned beautiful. Oh, she was amazing, you know, and I, and I got a really, I really renewed my respect for her doing this book. I started to fall down a lot of rabbit holes, so, I, you know, and started to research well beyond what was required for the book. And Elizabeth Taylor was someone you just couldn't resist. Yeah. One, one of the things that, that I found very inspiring in the book, because we, we hear so many names such as Christian Dior, and we, we really, unless you Google it and you study the pictures that way, but you, you included a lot of these, these fashion designers inside the photographs as well. For instance, like with Audrey Hepburn in 1961. I've never seen the two of them together, but it was very beautiful to see, you know, because, I mean, we're talking about the guy who, who sat down and helped create her evening for her. Yeah, I mean, and and it was a, it's, it was such a different industry then, and and I and it was a true collaboration. If you're thinking about Audrey Hepburn and Givenchy, that, that you know, it was a true collaboration about being very particular about styling her image. But it, when we say styling her image, it almost sounds like they're creating something that's not real. It was real. It was a facet of her personality that she wanted to share with the world. And I mean, I love the story with Marlene Dietrich in 1951. She'd just come back from World War II, having um, having acted on behalf of the French resistance. Christian Dior was dressing her, and he was so particular. He wanted to know, what was everyone else wearing? Oh, they're wearing springtime ball gowns? Well, then you'll be wearing something that's pretty tight. What colors are they wearing? They're wearing bright, happy colors? Well, then you'll be wearing black. What side of the stage are you entering on? The left. So let's put a really big slit up the left side of your dress so that you're left. I mean, that level of detail. And if you if you care to Google the footage of her presenting that year, it was the only year she was at the Oscars. She just slays them. And this is a 50-plus woman at a time where 50-plus women were invisible. And she just, she really schooled the younger generations at that event. See, you just, you just painted the picture of, see, we all think that they're sitting at home, you know, binge watching some TV. Oh, I got to go to this thing called the Oscars tonight. Let me go get my gown on and I'll, I'll jump in the car and make it look like I'm out. But no, this is all laid out. They, they go through the motions. They practice things. The ones who have longevity do. And that's another thing I realized with the book. And I think, you know, there are a lot of, um, a lot of stories that are told via pictures only because I, you, know, you can only put so much... And the book, you know, is a heavy book, so there's only so much you can put in. But I noticed that those who who really considered their dressing and 
and layered it with meaning seem to have longevity in their careers as well. And I think it's it's indicative of how they treat their careers. That level of detail is across everything they do. Whereas you'll see um, stars come in and out briefly and they're generally the ones that are just wearing dresses because they're pretty and they're a little more superficial and and they have no longevity longevity in the career as, as a result. One of the things that was so inspiring about the book was when the addition of color photographs started to appear. And, and I, I, I sat there and read those pages over and over again in that area because if color photography was starting to happen, then how did it change the, the narrative of the story? How, to, how you know, And so I really got deeper into that story because that was a transition time for everybody. Yeah. I mean, on so many levels, right? Socially, things were transitioning. Yep. Um, People were having to step now understand color as well, um, because you know color translating on film and in pictures was different to what you wore when it was black and white, because you you understood how those garments would would translate in black and white. But now you had to navigate color. I think also it was a time when the studio system had broken down. The you know the genius costume designers were no longer as available, and a lot of the stars had to dress themselves. So it was a learning process for a lot of people, and in the end, you ended up with this mixed bag of influences. And I think probably the most interesting uh, period in Oscar history, so far as fashion is concerned. When you talk about when they were dressing themselves, I mean, we're talking about homemade dresses and and pre-love dresses. I mean, there, there's a side of me that would love to see that again. I would like to see you know how how an actress would design their own dress without the help of a of you know of a famous designer you know it's interesting in the 80s we had that you know Demi Moore um, had designed her own dress or in collaboration Gina Davis had and 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 that was really interesting too I found that really interesting but then along came the red carpet critic who mm-hmm. who or, or critics and and you know they were so vocal about what was nice and what wasn't nice that they had the, the poor actors who had so much on their plate already having to run to Uh, experts for help so that they weren't vilified on the red carpet. I mean, for me, every time I see something that's unique or or deeply personal, I celebrate it regardless of whether it's it's aesthetically pleasing to me because it's somebody giving us a real insight into who they are and what they like. And that's really what we're looking for on the red carpet from these people. Yeah, I, I couldn't get into Joan Rivers. I couldn't do that at all. And and I and I even even when it would appear in the National Enquirer the week later and stuff like that, where they where they would you know you know criticize who was wearing what. They're artists, man. We're, we're very sensitive people, and and we chose to wear this to make a statement or just just to be seen. And you don't 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 judge it. Even with Ryan Seacrest, he he has never ever said anything bad about people. But it's like Ryan, we can see them. We we know it's beautiful. Don't, you don't have to say anything about that. Just let us enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope now with, you know, the way that I portray the dresses in Red Carpet Oscars that people can understand it a little more and can sort of know what to look for in order to get a deeper sense of connection and enjoyment from it. You know, the index of this book, I think, is so amazing. It Not only does it remind me of a nice long movie or an epic movie that's about ready to take place, but it's like your imagination is running wild because you're looking at everybody's name. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you put the year beside it and everything like that. And, and, and so it's so inspiring. Just the index alone. Oh, I've never I've never had anyone say that. But yes, I hear you. Thank you for that. 
to put it that a lot of work. Well, I bet because I mean, there's a lot of information. Usually, you you just get a title in the index. I mean, you you give us information. You give us a purpose and a reason to start designing our own map. Well, I, I just I wanted people to emotionally connect because I think you know how we represent ourselves. Um, Clothing-wise, is a deeply emotional thing, and I wanted them to understand and and have access to whatever it is that they want to find for themselves quickly and easily. How were you able to gain so much access into Hollywood? Because I mean, I mean, a lot of these. I mean, were they hidden away, or is it just, is it public information where you can just go, oh well, here's here's this one right here. Oh look, it, it's it's a bit of both. I mean. I, I had hoped to get a lot more from um, the internet, but I found pretty quickly that there was so much misinformation yep, yep. that it was hardly worth the effort. So I went, tried to get, tried to get as close to the source as possible. I read every single newspaper report on the Oscars since um, the beginning, because they were written by people who were close to the event or within days of the event to see. You know what what the sort of um, the social atmosphere was like, what people were actually wearing, and even then, sometimes they were misreported. So I had to go to biographies and autobiographies and read, you know, three or four hundred pages just to look for that one line where they mentioned the Oscars, and you know, it was just it was really really in depth. And as I said, I, I went down a galaxy of rabbit holes in the process, but it was a lot of fun. It was there was a lot of pressure because you're writing about real people, so you want to represent them as fairly as you possibly can. But at the same time, you were learning about people and and learning how complex they are and getting a renewed respect for people, especially people who live in the public eye. I mean, that is a difficult, difficult job. Oh, my God. It was all about relationship because, you know, in the early part of the 1990s, we got this thing called social media and that opened up the door for a lot of things. But before that, it was the social medium. It was about those people making that connection with the actors, with the directors and the and the authors. And and they really put themselves into it and they had to have that that reputation, be it good or bad, they still were the storyteller. Absolutely. And I think it's such an important um, moment for them as well professionally because throughout history, the producers were looking at who was getting the most column inches when they were considering who to put in their next movie just to get sort of, you know, who was the most popular. And to this day, it's the same with social media. Uh, I don't know how fairly social media represents who's popular and who's not. But again, these people, uh, when I say uh, these actors are at the whim of of whoever's getting the most likes when um, producers are looking for who to star in their next movie. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of pressure as well, which has nothing to do with how skilled or talented they are. The Oscars and the red carpet have always been what I call the, the world's most beautiful night. Because, I mean, you, you take a rock star like Courtney Love and, and you, you, you allow her to express herself through this beautiful white gown. And it changes the course of so many thoughts that move through your imagination. Oh, absolutely. And that's a really precious moment, I think. She, oh, she looked so beautiful. But I find that she also, yes, um, Courtney was looking to move into film a little more at the time. And, um, but she was still true to her own style. It was just the Hollywood version, you know. She wore the beautiful white satin dress. And, and that sort of started with Jean Harlow mm. in the 30s, the, the sort of the good girl, bad girl image. And I, I felt like Courtney made a nod to that, but really made it her own. So I love moments like that. Or, or even, even when Jane Fonda makes a statement. And, and, and you know, we have become that generation that it, we're going to make a statement somewhere, somehow. And the question is, is are we going to catch that Easter egg when it goes across that screen? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and, and that's what the book's about. It's about sort of really understanding what you're looking at and finding that deeper meaning and then exploring that. I mean, I think the red carpet expressions are more literal now than they've ever been. Um, if you think about Natalie Portman in 2020, where she wore the Dior cape, which was embroidered with the names of all the female yeah, directors yeah. that were snubbed for the Oscars. So it's it's far more literal now. But I think, again, those those garments that have layered meaning make it interesting for all of us. And yeah. it's a, you know, it's a really good way to, to demonstrate um, an issue that's important to you without ramming it down people's throats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it inspires other events that, that happened throughout the year as well. I mean, because even with AOC from our U.S. government uh, making a statement at the gala this year, I mean, it's it's it, I love it when when the Oscars can start it and then the story continues, because isn't that what it's all about? It's about the activation of a movement. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the entertainment industry is about new ideas and expressing fresh ideas and and expanding people's minds. And, and when you can begin there and then move forward and have people really think about things, I mean, what could be better? So what happens the next day to the actors and the directors and those that wanted to be seen and they didn't meet the qualifications of those who were watching? I can't imagine, I, I, I'd be in therapy for the next month, but you're just sitting there just talking <laughs> about it. Well, hopefully they're surrounded by kind people who, who elevate them. Um, but I, I, look, I just think they get on with the business of life, you know, and, and these people, you know, that, the acting fraternity are very resilient. They have to be. It's part of the course. So I think the next day they just breathe a sigh of relief, go back home, get some love and then get back on with the business of, of acting and working. Hopefully. In all the research that you've done, I know you kind of touched on the 1980s as being a, a, a powerful year for, for, um, for different gowns on the red carpet. What, was there ever a decade that you know, where you, it, was, it was absolutely too stunning to digest and you spent a lot of time just going, ah, I can't leave this. This is like Old Faithful at Yellowstone National Park. Oh my gosh, was there a decade like that? I fell in, you know, I fell in love with so many garments and and as you see when you when you read the stories you fall in love with them even more. Um I was really interested in the earlier years and how things were made. So occasionally I'll drop in what they're made from or a few construction details in the hope that people now might want to try and reconstruct them for themselves. Isn't that the truth? Because, I mean, I would love to see something where, where I could watch one of the designers, you know, carefully craft everything that's going on. And then, you know, it's it, because we don't have that kind of a reality show right now where we see, it, you know, the idea come together, the drawings and everything that just, you know, brings it together. Then we see it on the red carpet. To me, that that's a part of the story that we're missing. I think you've got one hell of an idea there. I might borrow that. Go for it. I, you, you, you'd, be, you'd be the one that could do it. I mean, after experiencing this book, oh my God, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, that would be that would be a dream come true, wouldn't it? To follow it from the idea to the red carpet, amazing. Yeah, because I mean, you're you're going to think I'm a freak, but I mean, back in the 1980s, one of the things that I got into is I started collecting the classic Barbie dolls, and and part of that, I wanted to know the design of the dresses. I wanted to know the whole entire history of that Barbie doll that that I had, because if you're going to collect it, you better know what you're collecting, and and because people are going to be asking questions about it. Well, not just that, then your experience with it is richer as well. Yeah. So, you know, the more you know, the more emotionally connected you are. I'm impressed. Can you imagine designing a red carpet dress for Marilyn Monroe? I mean, what must that have been like? Well, you know what? She only went once, um, and it was the year that Marlena Dietrich presented. And that year, 
Marilyn had borrowed a dress from the costume department and the dress had already been seen in a movie months before. So she had she 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 was at a point where she didn't she hadn't fully reached stardom and she wasn't getting things made. But I can just you'll see in the book there's a picture of her peering through the curtains at the stage and I can just imagine her watching Marlena Dietrich sashay onto the stage in a tight skirt. Marilyn's in a big sort of again ball gown shape. And I can just imagine all the lessons that Marilyn learned from from Marlena Dietrich that day and, and almost see how she applied them immediately. The, the conversations they must have shared uh, uh, over the telephone. I mean, in, I mean, that was the day when telephones came with cords. And, and it's, it's like to, to, to be able to say, so what are you wearing? What, what, what kind of an outfit are you going to be doing? And, and what, what, what will, will you be saying on the red carpet? Oh, I don't think they shared any of that. Do you? Oh, my God. I, I wish they I don't would. Think they do now either. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Closely guarded secrets and, and, and fingers crossed till breaking that no one else is doing the same thing. <laughs> well, I'm excited about the, the, the Oscars this year only because the movie Everywhere, Everything and All at Once has re- really made a fashion statement in so many different ways. And I am hoping, I am hoping that the fashion, there's going to be some androgyny in there. There's going to be something that is yeah. going to say this is 2023. Celebrate it. I think you'll get what you're after. I mean, I feel like at the moment there are, there are times in history where um, kind of a new generation swept through and made the red carpet their own. And I think this is a moment like that. I mean, last year we had Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet, um, Kristen Stewart. They really yeah. stamped their own style on the red carpet while respecting what went before. And I think this year will be a culmination of that, and I'm excited to see it. But, you know, but we're going to need you, though, on the sidelines. And the reason why is because we're going to see the photographs and we're going to get our own interpretation. We're not going to get what you put inside this book, which is Red Carpet Oscars. Because, I mean, we need that real true narrative rather than somebody's opinion. I, look, and thank you for saying that. And I, I hope in the book that I've taught people how to glean that themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to share. I'm happy to share what I see. But the purpose of the book is to show people how to see for themselves, so that they can sort of take a different approach on fashion. Not only on the red carpet, when they see each other, <laughs> they can be sort of more empathetic about how people are trying to express themselves and appreciate it rather than be challenged by it. <laughs> you, 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 you make me laugh because how we see each other because there's a lot of heathering going on where people go oh my god look at what she's wearing stop it stop it it was her choice to be able to do this and if she's brave enough to show us the most eccentric side, I'm all for it. I celebrate it. Oh, I'm down here in the south. There's a lot of chance taking down here in the south. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. So what is next? Because there's going to have to be a continuation. Do you wait 10 more years to add 10, you know, 10 more decades to it? or, or Because you, you can't just drop it off here now. No, no, and and I will look to um, to update over the years uh, if if there's a demand for it. Fingers crossed till breaking that people enjoy it and and buy it for their friends. Um, but red carpet as an idea, I think, will be a series. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out for the next um, instalment and what that might be. It's as well as the Oscars. It would be fun to, to see if any novels come spinning out of this because, you know, you, you, you look at the pictures and you look at the narratives and you go, oh, I could write a story about this. 
Yes, I felt the same. I felt like there was almost a, a new book on every yeah. page, and that's what I was hoping for. It was just sort of, yeah, inspiring people to think differently and maybe make up their own. And I, I really like the idea of um, hearing about what people, after reading the book, sort of think about yeah. what you'd wear to the Oscars before you read the book and then think about what you'd wear to the Oscars after reading the book and see how that's changed by the information that you've gleaned. Well, where can listeners go to to maybe give you their expressions, to share their ideas and, and their experiences? Is, is there a site that, that you've, you've made available to them? Oh, my gosh. No, I'm oh, no, and that's probably a good idea. Instagram, Diana Mulhern on Instagram. That's probably the best place to go. It's been such a whirlwind. The response to this book worldwide has been extraordinary, and I'm so so grateful. Um, but it's kind of caught me on the hop too, because I was so immersed in writing the book, I didn't think about what happens afterwards. Oh, exactly. Do, do you mourn the, the the book? I mean, because I mean, every time I finish a book, I mourn it for a very long time, sometimes up to a year. It's so funny, and I agree. There's a hole uh, after spending yep. so much time with, and you know, uh, I wrote, I started writing this book when COVID really hit, and we were all isolated, and so th- these people, these characters, sort of became my friends during COVID, and so I kind of <laughs> mourn those moments. And, and when you write a book like this, and you research so much about people, I mean, what you might see on about Elizabeth Taylor on the page is the smallest percentage of what I researched about her to really wow. learn about her. And you start to fantasize about these fr- friendships and responsibilities to, to, to this person because you want them to be happy with what you've written, even though they'll never see it. <laughs> so, yeah, you develop relationships. Wow, you've got to come back to this. Sh- you've got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been such a joy chatting with you. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Thank you. You too.